Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Kelsey Tamparino. Most Democrats voted for the debt ceiling bill, but some are upset with how the White House handled the permitting part of the deal in negotiations with House Republicans. That's because the bill punts on the most important part of the permitting issue to Democrats, transmission build-out. They're also upset with the surprise approval of the Mountain Valley Pipeline. Republicans, meanwhile, are praising the modest reforms to the National Environmental Policy Act and are feeling good about their position in potential future permitting discussions. A quick reminder, the expectation is that President Joe Biden will sign the debt ceiling bill into law before June 5th. So today, Josh breaks down the reaction from both parties, where the White House stands, and what's next with their favorite energy topic, permitting. It's Friday, June 2nd. So in total, more Democrats in the House did vote for this bill than Republicans. So there was a general, right, we don't want to default, we want to be responsible here. But the permitting portion of this bill, in talking with a bunch of Democrats and staff who were involved in negotiations or familiar with negotiations, really people feel like the permitting portion clearly leaned towards the Republicans in negotiations. And it's for a couple of reasons. One, people are upset that essentially the White House relented on transmission. There's nothing in here for transmission. There's just a a study of one of the concepts that was talked about that we can get into later. But yeah, I mean, people feel like if you're going to do something here in an unrelated matter like the debt ceiling, at least get something on your main priority. And then the second piece, right, is the Mountain Valley Pipeline. And that, I think it caught a lot of people by surprise. Some Democrats are, are not happy with the communication ahead of time on that one. It's a big natural gas pipeline. It it didn't seem particularly uh, to be in the mix in the kind of the current permitting negotiations we all know about last time with Joe Manchin and and how he wanted this after voting for IRA and being the key vote there. But people feel like already Republicans are getting some stuff on NEPA and, and then you pile on MVP so that it just didn't sit well with a lot of Democrats. And how is the White House defending these energy provisions that they negotiated into the bill And why did they relent on transmission, which is a key priority for Democrats? Right. So broadly, the White House is saying, as far as the energy portion, they're really highlighting to Democrats how they protected the Inflation Reduction Act's clean energy incentives. That was kind of the big win for them. The Republicans had in their original debt bill that they passed that was totally partisan that they wanted to repeal these clean energy tax credits. So in that aspect, they say that should be the thing that you care about most. They also are trying to, it seems, minimize the NEPA components. I mean, it is a rather modest set of reforms, but generally the White House and a lot of Democrats want some streamlining of NEPA. They say that clean energy projects would actually benefit more given that's where demand is, that's what's being built. So there's a little bit of that. And then on transmission in particular and how the White House approached this, I mean, they were pretty aggressive early on and pushing for aggressive transmission policies like cost allocation, like we've talked about. But eventually, Democrats and the White House bring forward this idea that we discussed in a prior episode, minimum transfer requirements, basically sharing power between regions that has more of a resilience element to it. And that becomes part of the discussion. But Democrats are kind of surprised to just see how steadfast the Republicans are against doing 
anything on transmission, even that. Republicans say that they really didn't even, this is after negotiations, that they didn't really seriously consider it, that this was a red line that they weren't going across, as Garrett Graves, the Republican of Louisiana, the main negotiator here on the energy portions for the House GOP, that's what he said. So I think it was the last item to be finalized, and it just got to a point where they felt like they eventually put in a study for minimum transfer requirement. I think they thought, maybe naively, that that would satisfy some Democrats to say, oh, you know, at least there's something but that's not the case. And I think it was running up on time. They had to get something done. And they ultimately, like the NEPA things, I think they didn't think were that big of a deal. And they figured that maybe they can do transmission later because that's what the House GOP is saying that they're willing to do. Yeah. On the other side, Republicans are praising these modest permitting changes that were added into the package. What are they saying? How are they feeling about their position here? Yeah, so they're definitely excited about the NEPA elements and probably overstating just what they mean. I mean, they're saying it's the most first time we've changed NEPA in more than 40 years, and that's significant. You know, you have certain Republicans like a Kelly Armstrong, Republican in North Dakota, who played up the oil and gas piece. is a great win for oil and gas. So some members are maybe not messaging in the way that House leadership wants, House GOP leadership, which is to say, you know, clean energy would be helped as well. But they're really excited and they feel like from a negotiating position, I mean, right, like I said, I mean, they're they're saying they're going to do transmission later, but in their view, they extracted concessions in this negotiation. So I think they feel good that if they are going to go back and work on transmission later, that they can even get more stuff done that they want. Right. Looking down the road a bit, where do permitting negotiations go from here? What's your sense of the next steps? Right. So I think it remains to be seen just the level of urgency there is to pick up the ball, induce transmission, along with some of these other things that Republicans feel like they didn't get accomplished in this, mainly some sort of limitations on judicial review under NEPA and Section 401 of the Clean Water Act, making it harder for states to block pipelines. That's one they want to deal with. And then critical minerals and making it easier to mine in this country that could have some bipartisan interest. So those are the kind of the areas that might be on the table for a future package. But I caught up with Shelley Moore Capito, one of the big four kind of committee leaders who was negotiating on permitting outside of this debt ceiling for a regular order process. I caught up with her Thursday and she was like, of course, she's happy MVP and you know was done given that's a project for West Virginia. But she was saying there's an interest, but like we're going to have to take a step back. That's her quote. You know, we're going to have to like reassess like what's the actual need. So from the Democratic side, I think there's some skepticism that Republicans will ever get to a place where they're comfortable with transmission. And they just feel like given how this negotiation went down and how steadfast they were, Republicans are saying the right things to Democrats now and Democrats mind, but they just... They're very skeptical that they'll ever get to yes. Also on Thursday, a panel of grid experts warned senators that the U.S. power system is ill-prepared to combat the climate crisis while also keeping the lights on under the current regulatory framework. The experts included the CEO of the North American Electric Reliability Corporation, the CEO of the Associated Electric Cooperative, and a senior research scholar at Columbia Center on Global Energy Policy. They told the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee that there are several regulatory changes that need to happen in order for the U.S. to maintain reliability in the near term as the nation's power mix transitions to zero emission resources. Those include wider deployment of battery storage and other zero emissions dispatchable technologies, slowed retirements of existing fossil fuel plants, and a more agile permitting system. 
For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Josh Siegel is the usual host of the podcast. Norman Malichel is the podcast's producer. Annie Reese helped edit the podcast this week. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of Audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Kelsey Tamburino, and we'll see you back on Monday. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is striving to lead the way in the energy transition. They're working to deploy carbon capture and producing renewable fuels, developing multiple solutions today while forging new paths to the future. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com energyinprogress energy in progress.